Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. An absolute pleasure to be here with you once again as we continue to dial it in toward the vacation day. Only two shows to go, two days to go, two nights to go. Two, two, two. I'm stretching right now as we speak. Already thinking about that first pina colada. Gonna have a hell of a time. But before that, we've got some podcasts to pump out. So join me, won't you, whilst we pump viciously toward vacay day. Skull! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I am Boogie Bumper, your host. Hopefully for the next hour or so, we'll see how we go. Thank you so much for joining us on Hump Day in the Daily Boogie Week. And we've got plenty to get through tonight. As I said uh, yesterday on last night's show, if you missed it, we are going to have a crack at Katie Hill tonight. We're going to do a deep dive into Katie Hill. We're going to go undercover with Katie Hill. We're going to discover everything there is to discover about Katie Hill tonight. Um, it's interesting just following the reporting and the PR game that's being played around Katie Hill. I've got some thoughts to share. You might not like everything that I have to say, by the way, so brace yourself. Prepare yourself. Brace yourself is actually Australian foreplay, if you're not aware. That's how we roll down here. So we will go right into Katie Hill see what's we'll poke around in Katie Hill and see what's happening down there uh also got another a couple of weird and wonderful stories uh I want to bring to you the life of the bimbo which I've discovered very recently on YouTube is the new so it's the new social movement that's looking for acceptance in wider society the bimbo I didn't know that bimbos had a problem up until a few hours ago but apparently they do apparently they're fighting for acceptance Apparently, they're fighting for respect. The professional bimbo amongst us, ladies and gentlemen. Are you a bimbo? Are you a bimbo? Put your hand up if you're a bimbo. It's okay. Some very brave, uh, pneumatically breasted, bleached blonde ladies are out there fighting for your rights. You'll be pleased to know. So we'll have a look at that as well. Um, We'll also have a look at former celebrities who now appear to be homeless people standing on the street of various cities screaming into iPhones for some reason. I want to investigate that. And we'll get to your comments and stuff as well. Um, Like I said, this week, tomorrow night is the last show of the Daily Boogie for at least, I think it's a week and one day. So I think I'll be back on Tuesday next week to do it all over again. And tomorrow night... I, I really would like if you if you want to get involved in the show tomorrow night because I'm looking to have some fun this week and plus it's a really slow, slow news week <laughs> just to be honest with you there's not much going on I'm not talking about fucking impeachment again I'm not doing another podcast until, of about impeachment until the guy is actually impeached and I suspect that'll never happen so that's it no more impeachment if he does get impeached I will go live at that second I will do a show about it, but until then, I can't. I don't care. It's it's kind of like 
I mean, aren't we all used to it now? When the wall gets built, I'll do a show about the wall. When impeachment happens, I'll do a show about impeachment. When people start getting, uh, you know, thrown into jail cells in Gitmo or arrested in the middle of the night, the deep state, when that starts happening, I'll do a show about that. But I can't hear about it anymore. Not one more sentence, not one more utterance, not one more thought, not one more, not one more impression of a thought. I'm not going to forecast any of this shit anymore. I am done. Well, at least until the holiday's over anyway. I think I need a week or so to just unwind. <laughs> uncrack that neck. Untwitch that eyeball. Oh, it's happening next week. It's happening tomorrow. It's happening next month. You'll never guess what's coming down the line. You'll never guess who's going to get the shit thrown at them next week. Oh, my God. Guess what's going to happen. Oh, no. It's getting impeached. Enough. Enough. What the hell is wrong with you people? Just wait until something happens before you talk about the things that are happening. I am already in vacation mode. Exactly. So it is a very slow news week. So if you want to get involved in the show, I will have the call in the call in line, as I like to call it, as if there is a producer here, as if there is a this is a very professional operation and I'm surrounded by glass. I do have a mixing desk and a microphone and a pretty good quality mic, but that's about as professional as we get. So there is no producer taking calls. But if you'd if you'd like to get on the show, contact the call in line via the Discord app. <laughs> Uh, tomorrow night, if you want to get in, the, get on the show and have your say. And if you want to forecast stuff, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I may abuse you. But that's part of the fun, isn't it? Uh, also, if you go, if you jump on my timeline, we used to do a free-for-all on Thursday nights, but I've since ditched Thursday nights because they used to go for about five hours. And everyone was either drunk or asleep by the end of it. Um, you can still catch them in the archives, though, if you care. But we used to do free-for-alls on a Thursday night where um, I would put up a tweet and everybody would bombard me with weird links and weird stories and videos that nobody wanted to watch. So if you want to do that tomorrow, uh, there's a timeline, there's a tweet right near the top of my timeline just underneath this episode, the pin tweet. So if you've got a weird article or a weird video or something you want to play or just whatever, whatever topic you want, uh, chuck it in that tweet and we'll go over it tomorrow night for the last show before vacay. Uh, quick reminder, if you'd like to become a Patreon of the show, just head to patreon.com slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And if you do listen to the podcast, feel free to leave a rating and a comment if you're listening to iTunes or Podbean. It doesn't even have to be good. To be brutally honest, I get more pleasure out of people doing critical things. I get more pleasure personally from criticism than I do from praise. I, praise always makes me a little bit uncomfortable. If somebody comes up and says, man, I really like what you do. I'm like, yeah, okay, thanks. But if someone comes up and says, you're a piece of shit. I'm like, ah, thanks, man. Thanks for joining in. Invite your friends. I get more out of that. So even if you want to be critical, then you can do so by uh, jumping on iTunes, leave a rating and a comment. Say, this is the worst podcast I've ever listened to. Because my suspicion is people are so cynical now that more people will listen to something if everybody else tells them that it's that it's rubbish and they shouldn't listen to it. I know I do. Like if I'm watching something on CNN or MSNBC and they say, you absolutely have to avoid this website. 
You absolutely must avoid this social media account. You cannot watch this guy's YouTube videos. I'm already logging in as I'm listening. My, my hands just start operating of their own accord. They have a mind of their own. Oh, yeah, really? Dot com forward slash YouTube. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll be sure to heed that advice. What was that website again? I'm just going to put the website. I'm just going to write the website down so I know to avoid it from now on. Thank you. Thank you for the tip. Yes, there's a podcast. There's an audio version only. For the live viewers here who aren't aware, there is an audio version only of this show, which is on iTunes, Podbean, and a whole bunch of other podcast websites. So you can listen to it at your leisure. And leisure is going to be very important tonight since we're talking about Katie Hill and the secret life of bimbos. So you can get in touch with the show that way. And if you want to get uh, your, you know, if you want to talk about a certain article or a certain video clip or whatever tomorrow, jump on my timeline, look for that tweet and send me a link, bro. All right, let's get into it, shall we? Very important stuff. Oh, actually, yes, just a little bit of follow up from yesterday's show. Since we were talking about that, now we get, see, Nancy in the chat's getting the hang of it. Sounds like the boards. You're so bad. Ah, see, so bad. This is awful. This is terrible. I don't like this. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> a little bit of follow-up from yesterday. This this article's got a little bit of age on it, but since we were investigating the kind of offensive Halloween things that take place on this tradition that was invented by white people in Europe and now which is owned by non-white people deciding what white people can do with the tradition and the uh, holiday that they invented... Because, again, remember, we're all against cultural appropriation on this show. We don't like it. So it's very important that the white people be told what to do on the holiday that they invented. So I was I don't know even know how I came across this, but this is from October 4th in 2018. 15 offensive Halloween costumes that you shouldn't wear. I just want to quickly go through it because we did touch on a couple yesterday. Uh, by the way, I'm not offended by this. If you can see that on the screen, just going to put my hand up. Not not really offended by this at all. I don't I don't really know any any heterosexual man that would be offended by that, but putting that to one side. Okay, so the first one, the dream catcher could be considered cultural appropriation. I like that they use terms like qualifiers like could be instead of is. Because even even though they pretend to have the confidence to know what is offensive and what isn't when it gets to Halloween, they still don't have the balls to go all the way with it. You know what I mean? The Dreamcatcher costume could be considered a cultural appropriation. And they say could because the first Indian who comes out and says, I'm not offended by that. What the fuck are you talking about? It makes them look stupid. So they say, we didn't say it was offensive. We said it could be offensive. Well, of course, everything could be offensive if you ask the right person. Is that news? Is that worth typing up? I mean, I'm in the wrong industry. I'm in the wrong game. I should be working for Insider. And I could just write article after article after article after article and saying, you know, bus timetables could be offensive to pensioners. Sunsets could be offensive to anybody. Write up 500 words like that, lickety split. Next thing you know, checks in the mail. Uh, avoid any costume that makes a caricature out of another culture like this sexy shooter happy hour costume because we all know Mexican women can't be sexy. <laughs> Sorry, is that what is that the point? Is that the point that we're making here? 
No, of course not. Don't don't be silly, Boogie. Of course Mexican women be, can be sexy. You're just not allowed to be sexy in something that Mexican women would never wear. Oh. Well, that makes perfect sense. But like I said, don't have a problem with that whatsoever. Bring your own tequila, please. This this is a good one. This Arab this men's Arab sheikh costume draws on false stereotypes of Middle Eastern culture. And I'm looking at this picture and I'm trying to say, okay, what's the false stereotype here? They do wear that kind of outfit. Like that's not, that isn't a sexy shooter outfit. If the Arab guy was dressed up in like a mankini or something with the headdress, then I'd be like, okay, that's a false stereotype. But it's not one of those. They really do wear that kind of stuff. Is it the fact that he's holding a sword? Because when I think of false, negative false stereotypes, when it comes to, say, a Saudi Arabian outfit and the guy's holding a sword, doesn't Saudi Arabia have a sword on its national fucking flag? <laughs> if anything, this is a celebration of Middle Eastern culture. It's a celebration of the stereotype. A stereotype so strong, so bigoted and so heinous, ladies and gentlemen, that the people of Saudi Arabia decided to whack that stereotype right up on their national banner. There is a sword on the flag of Saudi Arabia, but you cannot be dressed as a Saudi Arabian holding a sword or because this would perpetuate a negative stereotype. A stereotype that says people do things that their flags say, apparently. No, no, Texas Blue, that's not a typical Middle Eastern robe. That's a negative, um, unfair, bigoted stereotype, comrade. <laughs> Aren't you aware of the new rules? Didn't you get that memo? Avoid costumes that rely on mimicking another culture, such as this geisha uniform. Mimicking another culture. Not copying, not mocking, just mimicking. Okay. Um, like I said, I guess we should ban all Chinese food then, all Japanese food. Let's get rid of that. Anything, anything that we've picked up along the way from other people and said, hmm, you know what, that's a good idea. I think we'll do that. Because as we've been told for the longest time, as long as we share each other's cultural inclinations, as long as we share our history and share our ancestry and share, share, share and be more tolerant, then one day we're all going to get along really, really well. Until such time as our countries are filled with people sharing from other cultures and sharing from uh, other ancestries and sharing their cultural inclinations. And then somebody comes along and says, okay, now you've got to stop sharing everything immediately. Otherwise, you're all racist. And we're all standing there in our Mexican outfits or our Arab man outfits looking at each other going, what? what? I was just having a taco. It was just bad now? I don't understand. Why would you let it go? Why would you let us get to this point and then tell us that we're not allowed to share things anymore? Why didn't you tell us not to share things before we did all this social experimentation and mass immigration? Don't you think that would have been a better time? But then I see, of course, it's harder to get us at each other's throats, which I suspect is the real point to all of this shit. Think twice about anything that could have questionable implications. This Rasta costume kit might be cause for concern, yes, because Bob Marley, big segregationist. <laughs> this, this, this one was fantastic. I, never, I didn't even know this was a thing. 
This costume, which depicts Anne Frank, is insensitive and offensive. What, who would you like to dress up this year as, Sally? I want to go as Anne Frank. <laughs> Come on. Who's dressing up as Anne Frank? Will that be the Halloween game, Hiding in the Attic? I mean, at least she's dressed as Anne, Anne Frank healthy. She's not dressed as Anne Frank after months of living in the attic, not getting any sunlight and not eating properly. You know what I mean? They've at least done it tastefully in that respect. But who knew? Children dressing up as Anne Frank. I mean, it's a little more tasteful than the Halloween display we saw yesterday of the woman putting skeletons on her front lawn, hiling Hitler with the Star of David <laughs> painted on their sternum. <laughs> it's a little more tasteful than that. Come on. What kind of kid wants to dress up as Anne Frank? Jesus. I, it, it would be at that point I would ask my child, what exactly are they telling you about World War II? <laughs> what exactly are you learning at school here? You want to dress it? Why not Pocahontas? No, Pocahontas is offensive. Give me the Anne Frank uniform. <laughs> Pinochet in the chat. My moderator in the YouTube chat just said, I found my costume for 2019. <laughs> Does it come in men's? It better, you transphobic bigot. You Nazi. Don't accuse the person selling you the Anne Frank outfit of being a Nazi, by the way. That would be a social faux pas. A Dia de los Beauty costume is patronising and problematic. They love using this term problematic, don't they? It's problematic. They never explain why it was problematic. They never go that far. But it's just, it's just problematic. Why? Because I said so. Because there are things that I don't like about it that are problems. The inflatable ballerina costume requires wearing a fat suit of sorts. So the fat suits are out. You're not allowed to have the fat suits. You lucky fat pigs who get to be fat all year round don't understand what it's like to be a skinny person who just wants to be fat at Halloween. You selfish bastards. Why don't you share some of the dessert so we can all enjoy the pleasures of being fat at Halloween? Huh? Why don't you put the turkey leg down and let the rest of us eat something? Then maybe we will get to experience life as a fat person because we can no longer wear the fat suit. You very selfish, selfish, self-indulgent fatties. How dare you? The inflatable ballerina costume requires wearing a fat suit of sorts. That's out. Try to avoid costumes that could be interpreted as body shaming. Like this, it doesn't look like body shaming to me. It looks like he's having a lot of fun in there. Ever worn a fat suit? To be denied the uh, the privilege of wearing a fat suit at some point in your life is to be denied the fulfillment of life itself, as far as I'm concerned. Costumes with misogynistic implications, like this droopers ensemble, should be avoided at all cost. <laughs> misogynistic implications ladies and gentlemen this uniform from spirit uh, spirit halloween manages to be both ageist and body shaming to women at the same time oh no it's body shaming ladies and gentlemen what about the women who get the job at hooters in the first place is that misogynistic no that's empowering 
If a man were to dress up like one of the Hooters girls, though, unless he's a trans man. If he's a trans man, then he could dress up as Hooters and you're not allowed to fire him even though he has a penis. But if he's just a straight man with no trans uh, quality whatsoever and he's wearing a mock Hooters uniform on one day a year on Halloween, then it turns into bigotry. Are you keeping track at home? Are you taking notes? You need to be across this shit. You don't want to get caught out. You don't, you don't want to end up on you know the local news one day for being a body-shaming misogynist. The Stranger Things Halloween costume caused a controversy as people claim that it sexualized a 12-year-old character from the show. Is that a sexual costume to you? Who decides? Is it the long socks? It's the long socks, isn't it? It's the long socks. Because, uh, you know, for some reason, people have it in their heads that when women wear socks over the knees now, they're being sexualized, which is a complete reversal to what it was not that long ago. Once upon a time, you weren't allowed to show the knees. Then we showed the knees and we decided that that was sexual. And now we're covering the knees up again and we're deciding that's way too sexual. Can we just show the knees again? Show the knees and nobody will get hurt. Cover the knees up with long pair of socks. All of a sudden, rape fest. Can't do it. There's a lot to unpack with this snake charmer costume. And my first thought when I saw that was it looks like Justin Trudeau. It's, it's just another Justin Trudeau wannabe. Maybe the guy isn't dressed up like a snake charmer at all. Maybe he's dressed up like Justin Trudeau. The only thing he forgot to do was put the shoe polish on the old face there to go the whole hog. So you can do better next time, sunshine. Try to be a little more authentic, please, my Canuck. Um, now we're really scratching the bottom of the barrel. This sexy convict costume could be interpreted as trivializing the U.S. prison system. Wow. (laughs) Look at that. (laughs) Trivializing the U.S. prison system. They don't even wear this shit. (laughs) You wouldn't want to be... You wouldn't want to be offended. You wouldn't want to be offensive to convicted felons now, would you? <laughs> you fucking bigots. <laughs> Can I say, as a as a guy who comes from a country that was literally founded by convicts, I don't find this offensive at all. Does is my opinion does my opinion count at all? Australia is literally a nation of criminals. I don't find this offensive in the slightest. In fact, I think it's rather hot. Just to be fair. <laughs> no, it's trivializing the prison system. The trivializing the prison system. The only people that trivialize the prison system, as far as I can ascertain, are lawyers and politicians. They do their utmost best to trivialize the prison system by throwing people in prison for the most ridiculous things and then getting keeping people out of prison when they commit heinous fucking crimes, as long as they're rich and powerful enough. That trivializes the prison system more than somebody wearing a sexy Halloween costume. You people are unhinged. <laughs> yes, even Hannibal Lecter doesn't get Hannibal Lecter doesn't make it through either. Sorry to all you Hannibal fans out there, but your Halloween dreams have been shattered. <laughs> what are you going to wear on Halloween, Clarice? And what of your father? Was your father a bigot? 
Was he an offensive man? He touched you, didn't he, Clarice? <laughs> Dressing as a restrained convict reinforces harmful misconceptions about mental illness in prison. These, these people are mad. <laughs> reinforces harmful misconceptions about mental illness in prison. Harmful. <laughs> Halloween costume is now harming prison inmates who have mental illness, ladies and gentlemen. Lucky they're locked up then, I guess. You wouldn't make fun of a homeless person on the street, so you probably shouldn't dress like a hobo nightmare on Halloween. Point of privilege, if I can. Um, there are a lot of people who dress like homeless people on a day-to-day basis, me being one of them. I'm often, I often get people, random people, strangers on the street trying to hand me change for the way I present myself out in public. Tracksuit, pants, ripped shirt, no shoes. Hey, who gives a fuck? I've got nice clothes. I just choose not to wear them because I'm free. I'm a free man. I was next in line for the Queer Eye for a Straight Guy makeover until the show thankfully was cancelled. So let's not restrict this to Halloween. If, if my choice of fashion is making fun of homeless people, well, then I guess I'm one of those guys. By one of those guys, I mean somebody who looks homeless. So you can't dress up as the homeless hobo clown anymore. And then, ladies and gentlemen, I, br- I bring to you the cherry on top. This is the thing that is going to shatter a lot of hearts all over the world. Guess who else is on the hit list? Guess who else they're coming for? Guess who else you can't dress up as at Halloween time, ladies and gentlemen? You're not going to believe this. Harambe! (laughs) Yes! Yes! Harambe makes the list. Woo! How about that? Dressing up in this gorilla costume would be, it would be innocuous. Would be. But calling this a Harambe costume would be insulting. So you're allowed to dress up as a gorilla, but you're not allowed to refer to yourself as Harambe. (laughs) Who did you come as? Just a random gorilla that wasn't Harambe? Does your gorilla have a name? No, it doesn't. Definitely does not have a name. You can call me Bananas, but don't you dare call me Harambe, you Nazi. You Nazi fuck. (laughs) It's okay to dress up as the gorilla. Just don't call it Harambe and we'll all be sweet. We'll all get on just fine. So there you have it. 15 outfits that you absolutely must not wear on Halloween, according to some unknown pissant on a website. (laughs) This this list, Pinochet, last year this came out. It's only last year, 2018. So they were right there. At least they're topical, I guess. Sort of. Now, there's one more Halloween story just to follow up from last night that I have to show you. This this, this could be the killer blow. Because if we can't get rid of Halloween due to it offending the Christians, and we can't get rid of Halloween due to it offending uh, the people who are concerned about cultural appropriation, the social justice warrior types... If we can't get rid of Halloween by going down those two avenues, then maybe, just maybe, maybe we can get rid of Halloween by, get this, upsetting 
the environmentalists. <laughs> I have I have I have the killer blow. I have the knockout blow, the kill shot here. Halloween is finished. It's done. How are we going to get away? Uh, how are we going to ban Halloween? Is it time to ban Halloween candy? Yeah, am I right? Huh? We've been thinking. We've been thinking about this all wrong. We've been trying to ban Halloween by appealing to the Christians and saying that this is a pagan ritual that shouldn't be celebrated, and that kind of worked, but not enough. We didn't get enough traction, and then we went to try and get Halloween banned by appealing to the social justice warriors and saying that uniforms and costumes are cultural appropriation and they're offensive and racist. We've been going about this all wrong, comrades. What is the main driver of the Halloween community? It's not the costumes. It's not the religion. It's the candy. We need to attack this thing at the source. (laughs) Go after the candy. You're a genius, sir. Ban the candy. If you cut off the head, the body will die. And candy is the head of the Halloween monster. Is it time to ban Halloween candy? Spooky season creates mountains of plastic waste with no solution in sight. No, there's no solution for dealing with the waste wrappers from candy bars. (laughs) These people are very creative, very imaginative. These people are problem solvers. No solution. Apparently, it's a crisis. The amount of plastic waste. I mean, we ban straws. Let's not be too quick here. Maybe we'll have to ban the candy too. We need to talk. We need to talk about Halloween candy. Public awareness of our plastic pollution crisis is at a high. Plastic straws and bags are getting banned in cities and states across the country, and yet there has been almost no discussion about the massive environmental problem that Halloween candy creates. Americans will buy approximately 600 million pounds of Halloween candy this year, spending 2.6, I said, billion dollars on bite-sized candy bars and bags of candy corn. After the holiday, nearly all the wrappers and packages from these confections will end up in landfills where they'll sit around for decades or more. The the wrappers may sit around for decades, but that's not as long as most of the candy will sit in your lower intestine. That will be with you until you die and it becomes worm fertilizer. You'll be pleased to know. So the, the candy itself will outlive the wrapper in your digestive tract. <laughs> Unless, of course, you do the colonics, which is fun for everybody. Candy wrappers are very hard to recycle, like most food wrappers and packages. Candy wrappers are not meant to be mixed with bottles and cans and sent to a sorting facility. Quote, they are too small for our equipment to sort, said John Hambrose, communications manager at Waste Management Inc., one of the largest sanitation companies in the U.S., Most curbside recycling programs prioritise capturing rigid plastic like bottles, jugs and materials that are at least the size of a credit card. And it's not just the size that's the problem, it's what candy wrappers are made from. There are so many varieties of candy out there and equally abundant are the type of wrappers. Jeremy Walters, sustainability manager for Republic Services, another major waste disposal company, told HuffPost in an email, Though some wrappers feel like paper, they often have a waxy or poly coating, leaving it unfit to be mixed with paper for recycling. 
Recycling systems aren't designed to capture that and sort wrappers, they have very little dollar value. Recycling isn't just part is in part about economics. The value of raw materials you're collecting needs to exceed the cost of collecting them. Candy wrappers make that math hard because they're made from low-value plastics. You'd have to collect tens of thousands of wrappers to help make those uh, economics work. But I thought, isn't that the point? Wasn't that the point of this article, to say that we're drowning in candy wrappers and there's no solution in sight? So then you get an email from the guy who runs the waste company who says, yeah, we could probably do something with it, but we would just have to collect tens of thousands of wrappers to make sense of it. That's a, we, We'd need to collect a whole lot of candy wrappers in order to make money. And the Huffington Post writer says, well, they need lots of wrappers. We need to ban candy. <laughs> so maybe we, should be, maybe we should be encouraging people to eat more candy bars. So if we eat more candy bars, we'll create more candy bar waste. And if we create more candy bar waste, there'll be enough for the waste companies to collect. And then they'll collect it because they'll make money when they recycle it. Everybody fucking wins. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, that would be the fun way of solving this problem. Remember, the whole point of this Halloween experiment is to suck the life and suck the fun out of everybody's souls as we do it. So we need to ban Halloween candy. Just give them a carrot stick instead. I'm sure they won't do anything to your home. I'm sure they will continue to drop in and say hello as they walk past in the street. There you have it. A little bit of follow-up from yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. The war on Halloween continues. <laughs> the dentist will love this. I think we have a dental uh, nurse in the chat. I don't know if she's still in here or not. She'd love it. Bit of overtime for you, Pop. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Daily Boogie. Um, all right. I want to show you this this piece here. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of Barcroft TV. Barcroft TV. I've gotten a few videos. I've got a few hours worth of content out of Barcroft TV. So it's a, it's a channel I like to keep a close eye on. They're very much into the body positivity stuff, um, you know destroying dangerous and harmful stereotypes, that kind of thing. Very positive outlook on life. And so I was very surprised when I saw this because I thought that the bimbo would be the natural enemy to the body positive movement. You know, the body positive movement looks, I thought, looked upon the bimbo as a kind of false marker for females, you know. Oh, they act dumb and they wear skimpy clothes, and they have big boobs, and this is the wrong image we want to share for women in society. They create an unfair stereotype of what women should be. So it's not very body positive, I would, I suspected, until I saw this. So now we have collections of bimbos, professional bimbos, mind you. A collection of bimbos are now making short videos looking for acceptance in society. <laughs> Let's see, the bimbos want to be respected again. Because, <laughs> God, ladies, you know, life's tough. Life's tough if you're a, like I said, a pneumatically breasted blonde bimbo out in the world. It's very difficult to get things to go your way, I'm sure. So here we have the the acceptance movement for the bimbos. I, I haven't really, I haven't pre-watched this. I watched like the first 30 seconds of it and I said, yeah, that's good enough. Let's do it. And then after this, we'll have a little look at Katie Hill. The bimbo community to me means so much. The bimbo so community. Much. 
<laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, straight away. The bimbo community. <laughs> I didn't know it was a. Com- Did you know there was a community? Where is this community, and why am I not there? Why haven't I bought a, an apartment right in the middle of this community? I need to be involved with this community. This is one I hate the whole community thing. People always reference a community when they're trying to sell you something. I find when they're trying to bullshit you. You know, this is this was very frowned upon in the community. Oh, the community. Maybe it's just the fact that I live in a big city. <clears throat> you know, there's what is it like four point something million people in the city where I live. So a sense of community is kind of hard to come by in those big city situations, right? Because this part of the city hates that part of the city and this part of the city hates that part of the city and every part of the city hates my part of the city and we hate all of them justifiably because they're all scum. But putting that to one, it's very hard to find these little communities. But politicians and the media love referencing the community and the rest of us are standing around going, where's this fucking community? I don't even talk to my neighbours. What community are you talking about? Is there a hall? Are there meetings? What do you know about this community that I'm not aware of, sir? So apparently there's a bimbo community that I wasn't aware of. And of course, my first question was, why the hell aren't I there? <laughs> Sounds that, That's one community that I could support. I could get behind this community and in front of and underneath and on top of. And Sorry. That was really bad and obvious. It's <laughs> really hacky. I don't know what the redheads doing there though. Nothing against the redheads, but you look a little bit out. You look a little out of place in the bimbo community. You look a little too smart to be there. Sorry, babe. Have a sisterhood. Sisterhood of bimbos. A bimbo is a woman who is taking ownership of her sexuality. I think this looks fabulous. Yeah, I think so too. She's confident. She is. See, a, 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 is that what a bimbo is? Now, I don't want to sound harsh here, but I thought a bimbo was, you know, just a dumb woman, but a dumb, attractive woman. Like, if you're dumb and you're ugly, you're not a bimbo. You're just a dumb chick, unfortunately. If you're dumb and you're good looking, and I'm not saying that these chicks are particularly good looking either. There's a lot, there's a lot of um, you know added value being put on these foundations, right? It's mutton dressed as lamb, I suspect, for the most part. But I thought bimbos were just dumb, moderately attractive women, right? But now, now there's now the word bimbo has a whole range of other connotations going to it. Oh no. Bimbo means you're sexually empowered. <laughs> I'm like, really? When did that become a thing? And then you saw you saw the uh, the image here of one particular bimbo. She's confident. Now she's she's wearing the porn star shirt. Now here I was here I was just thinking, you know, obviously wrongly thinking in such archaic terms. I thought if you were somebody, you know, who walked around claiming to be a porn star that you were just a slut. I didn't know that you were a bimbo and that bimbo was at the forefront of the positivity, smart, uh, intellectually empowered female variety. I just thought you were kind of a hoe if you if you dressed around in like danced around in these kinds of outfits that say porn star on the front of them. You know what I mean? I guess I was wrong. Who knew? She is... 
She doesn't care what anyone thinks about her. She doesn't her. care. Bimbos don't care about what bimbos don't care about what anyone thinks about them. <clears throat> Which is handy because bimbos don't really know what most people are talking about. <laughs> You know, you know, this Sarah over here seems to have some kind of trouble discerning fact from this body of work. Uh, you think my body works? Thank you. I work so hard. So nice. All of these chicks should be Twitch famous. They should all be on Twitch playing uh, World of Warcraft, dancing around in their computer chair. They'd all be billionaires. Which, again, I guess I suspect proves that the bimbos aren't as stupid as most people believe they are because a lot of these bimbos have figured out how to monetize their bimboness and have hordes of thirsty internet virgins lining up to take the bait. So bimbos don't care what people say about them, but again, I suspect bimbos don't really know what people are saying about them most of the time because they have difficulty understanding words, you know, more than two syllables perhaps. Is that cruel? I'm being cruel to see now. People are going to be saying now, oh, that's a bit harsh. That's a bit rude. That's not very nice. And then there'll be people now. This is the beautiful part about this. There'll be people now who would never condone this behavior. What they're claiming to be bimbo behavior. But because if I make a couple of like really easy jokes about the bimbos, they'll now defend the bimbos against me. They'll say I'm being I'm, I'm being a misogynist. I'm being rude. I'm being hateful. <laughs> but they would they would never condone the bimbo lifestyle. They would never condone prancing around in your underwear on the internet with porn star written across your chest. They would say, oh, no, that's disgusting. I would never want my daughter to do that. What the hell did that guy say about bimbos? How dare he? How dare he? What a bigot. What, that, that, what toxic male. Disgusting. That is so wild. There is a lot of this going on in the bimbo community, have you noticed? A lot of fanning. Now, I don't think that they're in a place that's necessarily hot in terms of temperature. I think it's got something to do with the fact that just natural body heat will probably melt, you know, the two-inch thick layer of makeup they have caked on their face to make it appear like they're in their late teens instead of their early 30s. I think that's more akin to the bimbo scenario. If you, lads, if you want to get with a bimbo, you need to make sure you have your air conditioning system down in the car, at the home, at the office, in the hallway, in the bathroom. There needs to be ducted air if you're going to bring a bimbo home to your abode. So this is the first time... And, and dim lighting. Make sure you have dim lighting. And take all but the colouring books off your bookshelf because you don't want to intimidate her. You don't want to scare off. They're like bunny rabbits. They're like gazelles. If you get a bimbo, if you get a bimbo in your home, the slide—I mean, if you turn your TV on and that shit is put on Discovery Channel, then she'll be she'll be out the door quick as a flash. You need to be ready with the alcoholic beverages and the Kardashians. And what else? What else do bimbos enjoy? Uh, Love Island would be another one. You need to make sure that that shit is playing on loop on your TV. So when they turn it on, that's the only thing they see. That and perhaps Nick at Night, but not the intelligent stuff like Roadrunner and Coyote. 
the more lowbrow stuff, like Pepe Le Pew. Um, many of the girls will meet. They got a, they've got a range of clothing, by the way. It's all pink and it all says bimbo, but we have a range. This one says bimbo in pink and it has sparkles, and this one says bimbo in white and has pink sparkles. See, we're covering all of our bases here. We are 38 seconds into this clip. (laughs) 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 What's that called? I haven't met any one of them before today, so that's going to be really exciting. Really exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. What My is name that is Alicia Mira, and I am 29 years old. 29, yeah, sure you are. <laughs> sure you are, babe. 29, huh? Huh? Hey. <laughs> Just 29. Just scraped in there, didn't you? Just got in there before the big three. Oh, shit. WWF Trump in the chat. Very, a very autistically observant comment. That splash, that backsplash sucks. She's talking about the kitchen. (laughs) That's fantastic that you picked that up. Where is it? I I can't even see it. It'll be a lot of fun. I think we missed (laughs) it. My name is Alicia Mira. Points to you. Points to you for noticing something other than the bimbos. And I am 29 years old and I am a professional bimbo. How how old do you think she really is? Master of Blackjack says he's he's saying 46. He's he's going with 46, not 29. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. Oh. Whoa. That is, there is a lot of makeup on there. There is a lot of makeup. The profile view is not kind to her. I mean, when you've pumped your lips so full of shit that they actually stick out past the tip of your nose, you know it's probably time to wind the bimbo stuff back a little bit, don't you think? Like, big lips are, big lips are nice. Big lips are great. People like big lips. I get it. They're very pretty. But they're not pretty when you can walk into a door without hitting your nose first. You know what I mean? They're not pretty to that point. They're not pretty when they look like two bananas been stapled to your face. Then it's kind of a little out of control. There's so much stick. I think he's 37. (laughs) You're very cruel. You're being very cruel to the bimbos. Attached to the word bimbo. A bimbo is everything but stupid. Being a bimbo is empowering because you're fighting back to a system that's been demoting and censoring women like me for so long. Oh, come on! (laughs) You've got to be fucking joking! (laughs) Being a bimbo... The, the system has been fighting against bimbos. Look at what you're doing for a living. <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like you're being hauled down to the fucking coal mines. Come on. You're prancing around in your underwear for a job. Nobody else gets to do that. <laughs> the bimbos have been oppressed. <laughs> 
95% of the female and population on planet Earth just felt sick in their stomach when they heard that. What? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? You know, I just think it's really unfair. Um, being a bimbo is empowering, and when we get together like this in these little troops, in these little gangs, I think it's good because we're fighting back against a society that's been trying to keep us down and oppress us. You can't keep a bimbo down. You can't keep them, You can't even keep them down underwater because it's like trying to hold two big balloons. They just straight to the surface. That's why bimbos love boating. They will always be floating chest up. You'll always find them. We have been brought up in a world where women put the, are put the system on trial in the chat <laughs> to be ashamed of their sexuality. They are taught to be embarrassed of their femininity. Or First of all, uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go out on a limb here and say, as a, you know, as a keen observer of bimboism, of bimbodom, I'm going to put my hand up and say no. People that have full sleeve tats cannot be bimbos. Sorry, you have you have handed in your bimbo card. A bimbo, a bimbo, bimbos shouldn't even have tattoos. But if they are to have tattoos, they can only have tattoos like say one on the wrist, or one on the ankle, or one on the hip, like Katie Hill, or the tramp stamp at the back. You know, just above the ass. They're, they're the only bimbo tats that I'll allow. Once you're getting full sleeves with demon faces and spider webs and whatever the hell this chick's got going on, you're not a bimbo anymore. You're more like a biker slut at that point. Not definitely not bimboish. Embarrassed of their femininity or hated. So what you see here is a part of our collection from my brand called Be a Bimbo. Be a bimbo. What a collection. Yes, a haven't you heard that before, the tramp stamp? <laughs> Today I'm having a photo shoot with some of the girls that are part of our bimbo family. The bimbo family. The biggest misconception people have about me is definitely that I'm stupid. Every time I speak to people, they will be surprised. Like, look, oh, she, she can actually talk. <laughs> I love that because she's like, every time I talk to people, they're really surprised. Like, oh, she can actually talk. Whereas if I was with her, I would be like, can you just shut the hell up? I'm not paying you to talk. <laughs> I'm just paying you to, st I'm paying you to lay there and jiggle around a little bit. That's it. No talking. I mean, I'm, I'm not with a bimbo to hear her thoughts on, you know, geopolitics or economics or anything like that. Just put another layer, just put another layer of face on and we'll get back to it. Like, wow. My first time in the sex industry was when I was 26. Right. And it's the best thing that... My first time in a sex industry was when I was 26, which was 10, oh, three years ago. I ever did. I think we all have reasons to be in the sex industry. And I think we have to be so careful of deciding who... <laughs> I just want to be accepted. I just want to be treated like everybody else. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. She is wearing hot pink bell bottoms and a boob tube that says the American Dream on it with full sleeve tats and uh, platform heels. And there are other people dressed, you know, like normal people on the street walking past. And actually, they're actually giving her a wide berth. 
Like as if she were a gangster or somebody ODing on the street from heroin or something, shitting themselves, you know? They're like they're pretending like she's not there, but kind of looking at the side eye and just taking a few steps to the left or the right to make sure they don't they're not in the direct vicinity of the bimbo. Is empowered and who isn't? Yes. Thorbor in the chat. Yes, I, I joined the sex industry and it's the best thing I ever did. <laughs> up until that, up until that, my resume was kind of empty. Up until that, my trophy cabinet had not yet been filled. I started the brand because I felt so judged on a daily basis and I was like, this has got to end. It's, it's babe, it's never going to end. Okay. <laughs> I felt so judged. I started the brand because I felt so judged on a daily basis and I thought it's it has to end. So I decided to, instead of ending it by, you know, not being such an overt, over-the-top, disgusting bimbo with, like, doing disgusting things, I decided instead to double down because I thought, hmm, if people are judging me now, maybe if I do it more, they'll stop judging me. We have to end. We have to end this judgment. Having fun. She's she's a thinker. This one, she's a clever girl. With it, uh, I was wondering, are you on your way? Absolutely fabulous. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. I just need to make one more call. Notice she doesn't walk through a door sideways. The House of Eden we're going to. She's got a little pink travel bag. Hey. Oh, meet, it's time to meet the pack. Now it's, now it's a pack of bimbos. Now it's a posse of bimbos. Hi, girls. Oh, this is going to be fucking torture, man. I don't even know if we should go. I don't even know if we should keep going with this. Like, if you thought the Kardashians was bad, guess again. At least sometimes they talk about marketing and social media strategy. This is going to be a lot of, oh, my God, oh, 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 oh. You know, if you have a pistol, make sure that you have your trigger lock on now. In fact, put your gun in a safe if you can, because I don't want you reaching for it during the course of the next couple of minutes or so. Oh, my God, it's so nice to oh meet you. Oh, my God, I miss you. Hi, Alex, Hi, honey. How, did I just lose my... You'll, 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 you realise you're ruining bimbos for everybody. Up until now, I can I, I feel I can confidently speak for the heterosexual men of society. Up until now, we had a pretty good thing going with the bimbos. We didn't expect too much of the bimbos. The bimbos didn't expect too much of us. We wouldn't ask the bimbos for their thoughts on anything. We would just expect the bimbos to be thoughts on everything, right? It's like, no, you just do your bimbo thing. You just jiggle around and we'll we'll pleasantly enjoy it. And but that's that's about as far as it goes. Right? We're not gonna we're not gonna ask you to do too much in society. You you're now ruining the expectations for everybody. You're now ruining bimboism. Because now you want to turn it into a movement and you want acceptance. And you if you if here's the thing, if you bring politics into bimboism. You're going to make a whole bunch of men who previously didn't have a problem with bimbos begin to have a problem with bimbos. 
now you you realize you're going to make a, your whole your whole fan base is going to turn on you if you start turning this into some kind of fucking social justice movement, right? <laughs> The, the 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 rest of the females already hate you. So if you get the men to turn on you, you're fucked. You're going to be alone in your little bimbo circles and nobody else. Nobody else is going to pay any attention to you. Everybody's going to hate you. You'll be you'll be nobody's friend. Think very carefully about what you're doing here. That always happens. Bimbo problems. Bimbo problems. You're right. Somebody in the chat said they want to be they want bimbos to be famous now because bimbos are famous now. I mean, there's a whole world of like Instagram bimbos, streaming bimbos, video game bimbos. We call them thoughts, right? I mean, there's there's bimbos pulling down, you know, six figures to do nothing except walk around, go shopping take selfies, put on underwear from time to time, take a picture of their ass from time to time, do streams where they answer questions about makeup and shit. They get six figures for this. They'll have millions of followers. See, this is the downside of the internet. Yeah, it's creating this celebrity where it ought not be. Like, I'm very happy. (coughs) Pardon me. I, I I understand fully that, like, where I'm at right now, this level, and, you know, maybe give or take maybe between 70 and 100 people watching each time. That's that's about it for me. That's about as high as we're ever going to get. We've reached our peak on the Daily Boogie program, on the Daily Boogie show. If I can get about 1,000 views on Periscope and a few hundred downloads on the podcast, that's pretty much where we're going to stay from here on out. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. (laughs) But I mean, the internet has provided a whole bunch of people with the opportunity to just like accelerate into stardom. And the kinds of people that are being accelerated into stardom are these kinds of people, the bimbos. With the fake tits and the tats and the talking about how empowering it is to be a prostitute and stuff. They love it. The internet loves them. I can't figure it out. Maybe maybe if I got a breast augmentation, maybe things would be different. Maybe if I went trans, all of a sudden, next level, baby. God, why do they speak like that? They all speak like that. Oh my God, I'm so good to see you. Oh my God, I'm so good to see you. Oh my God, did you break your nails? It's like it's just one continuous word that only gets broken by the other words that the bimbos vomit out. There's, there's very, there's very little articulation in the bimbo ranks. Something where we say like our name and how old we are. My name is Jasmine. I'm Angel. My name is Rachel. My name is Alex Gray. Are you giving? Are you really giving the the video guy tips on how to do this? Um, should we say something where we say our names and how old we are? It's like really, why are we li- We're not going to lie to our audience, ladies. Sorry. <laughs> Twenty nine. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm a bimbo because I believe that there's a lot of power in femininity. I am a bimbo because I really believe that you should do what you think is fun. 
anybody put these two things together at some point? I believe in the power of femininity. Uh, that is why I've become a bimbo who prances around in underwear. <laughs> okay. Okay. I became a bimbo because I believe that you should be doing what you want. You should do what you feel like. You should have fun. Like, okay. Most people go jet skiing, but whatever. <laughs> I, get, I get it. And just live your fantasy. Live your I- fantasy. What if my fantasy is to... Wipe out the bimbos. <laughs> I am a bimbo because a I'm bimbo. a bimbo. Such- <laughs> this one doesn't even know what she is. This one doesn't even know how to pronounce bimbo. I'm a bimbo. <laughs> you are, now she's the queen. She has to be the queen bimbo. When you can't even pronounce bimbo, then you're definitely a bimbo. Oh, she's she wins. She gets the prize today. Well-being, and I am proud of it. I'm a bimbo. And I'm a bimbo because I'm strong enough to embrace my femininity in a society that tells me not to. Femininity? Femininity. I'm a bimbo because I embrace my femininity in a society that tells me not to. <laughs> Very. What? Why so upset? How about a smile? Why Why you got to be such a sourpuss? You know, bimbos are supposed to be kind of jolly, aren't they? Bimbos are supposed to be like effervescent and, you know, upbeat, even when there's no reason to be. Like, that's that's more the caricature of a bimbo. Like, everything could be turning to shit and they're too stupid to realise it. And they go, that's okay. You know? Like, if an asteroid hits Earth and everybody... But if, if, if they hear a report about an asteroid hitting Earth and everybody's going to burn, they'll say, oh, my God, I just got a tan. Yay. I'm so glad I can save money not going to the tanning salon this week. It's going to be great. Why do we even need an ozone layer? Can you think of how much sun we'll get? Oh, my God. Constant summer. I look so good in my bikini now. It's going to be great. That's, that's more your bimbo stuff. But this one's like, I became a bimbo because I'm fighting the system. I'm fighting the system, the system that says that we're not allowed to be females. <laughs> And then does the pouting Thomas. Not very bimbo-ish. Take a, take a note from your friend here who couldn't even pronounce the fucking word. Bimbo. Bimbo knows what's going on. Look how sad she is. The bimbo ah, the gay, the, the gay bimbo friend. You've got to have one. If you're going to take yourself seriously as a bimbo, you've got to get yourself a gay hairdresser, ladies and gentlemen. That is a must-have. Any bimbo that's worth their pinch definitely has a gay man in their back pocket at some point. The bimbo community, Nadine, to me... Nadine in the chat. So does this mean that bimbos are activists? Yes, they are now, apparently. Who isn't, though, by the... You know, to be fair. I mean, so much. It's like, um, it's not just a movement. It's like my entire life. We have a sisterhood. I think a lot... It's not just a movement, guys. <laughs> it's not just a movement. Guys, I want to take a time. I want to take a moment here to speak to you seriously, from if I can, about this movement. We're fighting for acceptance, ladies. We're fighting for justice, ladies. This isn't just a movement. This isn't just a sisterhood. This is my vision. This is my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so who's got the hair curler? Yay! Oh my god, my nipples are so dry and itchy in this top. Ah! Did you get another tat on your ass? I sure did. It's of kissy lips. That'll fight the system. Show them your <laughs> show show them your vagina ring. That'll put those bigots in their place. Uh-huh. Oh my God, I discovered the most amazing hair curler this week. The most amazing eyelash curler. You're not going to believe it. Ladies, this is more than a movement. This is my life. <laughs> and until, until you actually reach the age of 45, then your life is going to go downhill very quickly. Very quickly, like, like at lightning speed. Would fit you better? Mm-hmm. But- I, I'm not sure you're planning for the future. If this is your life... I'm not sure that you're planning for the next phase of it. I, I personally love the underboob. <laughs> what do you feel like a bimbo is about? I feel like being a bimbo, like, really actually affects everyone. I feel like when... <laughs> it does It does in the workplace because we have to explain everything three times. No. You press X on the cash register to make the till open. No, you put the cup under where the milk comes out. Under, not on top of it. Under! I just feel like being a bimbo affects everyone around me. You get your nails done, you know, everyone's heard that, like, question that's like, yep. how do you get anything done with those nails? Yeah. Relate. How can this it's fucking, it's a hard life, man. Do you need help, honey? Do you need help, babes? No. <laughs> this is definitely progress. <laughs> We can't even get our ridiculous shoes on anymore. <laughs> Boogie, why are you not acknowledging that they are trannies? I don't know. I'm waiting for the reveal. It has to be revealed to me that they're trannies. Like, I can't... If a if a female has, you know, some masculine features, I can't say that they're a tranny. You know what I mean? It has to... It has to I, I have to wait for the reveal. I'm not going down that path. <laughs> I'm not going to accuse people of being trannies. I'm, I don't you think I'm hitting them hard enough as it is? <laughs> now you want me to say that they have a dick as well? <laughs> it might might be better if they do. I think this looks fabulous. Yeah, I think so too. Oh my god, really your like boobs it. are so amazing. <gasps> Thank you, oh, Brands like Be a Bimbo are really important because, like, it's community building. Because without community, you feel alone and isolated. And then I was thinking... I'm not sure that one could be a tranny, to be fair. The redhead on the end. I don't think so. She's got hips. I can see hips. I don't know about the main one. But, yeah, no, I don't think they're... I don't think they're all trannies, put it that way. Because without community... You feel alone and isolated. You don't. You don't want to see the reveal. Come on, this is what we've been waiting for. This is more than a movement, guys. It's a sisterhood. And then I was thinking, uh, with the robe on, yeah, would be fabulous. And then you have like a little fabulous. moment in the mirror. The main one, maybe, because she is wearing that thing around her neck. You know, like a zhushed-up uh, collar. So maybe she's trying to hide something. I don't know. See now, look what you've done. Now you've dragged me in. <laughs> Because you know that I'm autistically now going to focus on this shit, and now I'm going to look for reasons to think that they're a man. This was much easier in Crocodile Dundee, where he just walks up to uh, the person and just grabs him on the dick and says, "Ah, see, 
Told you. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've progressed past that now. We're not allowed to do that anymore. Or at least that's what the judge told me. I love that you're kind of like a dress up doll right now. Can I take you home, babe? And then the bimbo choker. I feel. We've got another gay photographer this is here. Not a brand. This is a movement. So they, bring, they keep telling me it's a movement. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I prefer this over the pussy hat stuff. I mean, these chicks are dedicated at least. You know what I mean? I feel like there's like a lot of... <laughs> Ernie Banks in the chat. A bimbro. <laughs> The Bimbros. <laughs> That's a market that hasn't been tapped yet. I'm sure. I'm sure that there is some to soil to be tilled in that department. First, we liberate the Bimbos, and then we have to go to the trans community and say, "Don't you think it's unfair that these females are getting to prance around and talk about femininity? Like, what about your femininity? How about the Bimbros?" Next thing you know, we, we've cornered all sections of the market. Associated with being like owning your sexuality and stuff like that. True. Yeah. So true. We shouldn't feel shamed no. for being feminine. Oh, or sexual. Or sexual. Today in my I just wish people could make up their fucking minds. On one day we get told that um, women are being objectified by men and that's wrong. You know, in take London, for example, they take uh, advertisements of women in bikinis off the sides of buses because it's so offensive. And then next thing you know, fuck me dead, two years later, we've got the bimbo movement coming out. And they're wearing shirts that say porn star, they're prancing around in their G-strings and they're saying, it's not, we need to be more sexual. This is a liberation thing. So they burned the bras to liberate the females. Then they covered the females up in, you know, cultural attire from other parts of the world to liberate the females. And now we're dancing around celebrating bimboism in order to liberate the females. I, I can't keep up. Modern day feminism, bimbos and whores often get left out of the conversation, uh. which is like kind of confusing to me because... You gotta, you gotta listen carefully. She said, <laughs> she said, when we're talking about feminism, the bimbos and the whores often get left out of the conversation, and that's very confusing to me. And then they put this up, and you've got to ask yourself why. I can't imagine why the feminists would have a problem with this. <laughs> you mean the, you mean the feminists that want to ban cheerleaders because they sexually objectify women? Yes. Why don't they care about the bimbos? Why don't they look after the whores? <laughs> don't they see that uh, feminism needs us too? Feminism needs women who will prance around in shirts that say fuck doll and call themselves bimbos on camera. <laughs> Feminist left feminism left us behind. I don't I don't get it. I don't know. I don't understand. What have we done wrong? Feminism stresses so much the importance of letting women 
choose and having the power no. to act and look a certain No, that was old feminism. That was the feminism of a bygone era. Today's feminism is all about removing choices from women. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you weren't a bimbo, you would know this. ...way that they feel empowering for them. Every single time I tell anyone that I'm going to do pre-med, they ask if I'm a nurse. It's kind of just... Oh, we found one! Yes! The chat. The chat was on top of it. Congratulations, chat. Give yourself a round of applause. There's the reveal. The re It happened. It happened, ladies and gentlemen. The reveal. Let's hear it one... Oh, well done to the chat. See, the chat, you're on top of it. You are on top of these issues. I put, I put my chat, chat room up against any transsexual spotter anywhere on planet Earth. Any transgender, any person that thinks they've got a talent for spotting a transgender, my chat is beating you. They know better. <laughs> They're on top of it. It was like 15 minutes ago they were saying, mm, no, that's a tranny. <laughs> that they feel empowering for them. Every single time I tell anyone that I'm going to do pre-med, they ask if I'm a nurse. It's kind of just like hurtful to just constantly assume that you're dumber than you actually are. Yep. Dr. Bimbo. <sighs> the brain isn't in the hair. Like, no, I just no to it's tell not. You. No. <laughs> I'm in porn, so people... <laughs> <laughs> automatically think hmm. that I come from a broken family hmm. and that I like ran away from home. No, people automatically think I come. I'm in porn and people automatically think that I come from a broken family and that I ran away from home. People automatically think that something went wrong. Uh, but just because I'm in porn, wear a shirt that says porn star and go on videos telling everybody that I'm a bimbo and addicted to sex, you shouldn't judge me for that. It's Yeah, it's bimbo, Dr. Bimbo MD. <laughs> Yeah. This and that, that is not true. Mm. My family loves me very much. Like, Okay, so this one's in porn. Uh, I just need to get her name because I'm just going to have to check her references very quickly. <laughs> I'm close to them. I'm not just doing this for Bim. I, I wonder how empowering it is <laughs> when she's getting docked. I wonder how empowering it is when she's getting teabagged and bukkakied. This is also about women in general. How empowering is it when you're wiping off your paycheck off your face and trying to wash it out of your hair later that day. Out there, working at strip clubs, like working as escorts, working as porn stars, like they are being so stigmatized and yeah. so judged and excluded by, you know, from entire society. Yeah, everything's, everything's going super. Everything's going according to plan. When I grow up, I want to be a porn star. You are so beautiful, girls. This shoot today when like, Way better than I expected. You guys rock, by the way. Your answers. Oh my god. I was looking at you, babe, and you were so smart. And <laughs> then comes the next hour of patting each other on the back, saying, "What a great job they did." <clears throat> well done. Well done, ladies. Onward and upward for the bimbos. Congratulations. <laughs> I couldn't be happier for them. They're making a difference, you see. It's all about making a difference. Um, shit. I've, I've gone over time already. I've gone so over time. I don't think we even have time to do Katie Hill. 
and I've called the episode Over the Hill. So what the hell are we going to do now? I can't go too much longer. Should we do? Should I get Katie Hill out of the way? Maybe. I'm inspired. All right. <clears throat> Let's do it this way. We'll, we'll, we'll have, we're going to have to touch on Katie Hill. Otherwise, I'm lying to you. I should have called it, you know, the Bimbo-thon or the Bimbros. Come and join the Bimbros. How much better are we talking here? <laughs> Valid point. <laughs> Valid point. Not much better. All right. Katie Hill. So I'm just going to start off with this because I, I find it interesting, but I'm, I, don't, I don't really know what angle to come at this thing. And you'll see why. I'll explain. This is alleged. Katie Hill paid campaign bonus to alleged male lover. The married California congresswoman under fire for her steamy thruppling with an aide paid a male staffer she allegedly slept with with the highest bonus she doled out to aides working on her campaign federal documents show. Now, I actually watched... The thing that you have to understand about Katie Hill is she has been... Um, she's been the media's darling since before she got elected. She had a whole series done on her by Vice for HBO during her election campaign. It was called The Most Millennial Candidate Ever. The Most Millennial Campaign Ever. And it was all about showing her on the campaign trail and what a great freedom fighter she is and how it's a grassroots movement and all of that stuff. Like a whole HBO special dedicated to Katie Hill. So she's been, you know, a media darling ever since, like I said, since she nominated. And she's had the kind of leg up that very few get. So they've had their eyes on this kid for a while. They thought she's going to be our next big thing, right? So that kind of taints things for me. That taints the reporting in a lot of ways. But this campaign bonus, right? The alleged male lover. Now, this guy was uh, one of her chief donation sources, right? This guy was one of the, like, the on the dream team for Katie Hill. If you watch the documentary series on her. He was the one, he was doing a lot of the legwork, right? So it would make sense to me then that the guy who sourced most of the campaign donations and did most of the legwork would get, uh, you know, the maximum bonus. The allegation of the male lover comes from her ex, ex-husband. And the allegation is like a kind of throwaway thing where he says... He made an allegation, I think, on a Facebook post or something. And he said something like, oh, well, she's been screwing her campaign guy for the last 12 months at least. And and that's kind of where it ended. It was just the ex-husband saying, well, she's been fucking that dude. And that that's basically all that you get with it, right? So I don't know what to make of it. But there has been a reframing. Before, before I show you the reframing since Katie Hill stepped down, I want to show you this. Voters react to crisis of unfolding around Rep. Katie Hill. This is interesting. Attorneys for a freshman congresswoman, Katie Hill of California, have sent a cease and desist letter to the Daily Mail, which posted nude photos purported to be of her. The freshman Democrat admitted to having a relationship with a... P- purported to be of her? It was her. 
please. You don't have to go that far. You don't have to do that. Alluded to suspicions purported to be her. No, it's her. Campaign staffer and is facing a House ethics investigation into separate allegations that she had an inappropriate relationship with a congressional staffer. Here now is CNN's Kyung Law. Disappointment. Big disappointment. It's been a long week for Linda Skavarna and Martha Jones, volunteers for Katie Hill's 2018 congressional campaign. I'm Lefty boomers. Disappointed because it puts our seat at risk, I think. Lefty California boomers. Which is, to me, the most important thing. They're talking about the crisis unfolding around Representative Hill. The House Ethics Committee announced an investigation into claims that Hill had an improper relationship with a member of her congressional staff, a violation of House rules. Hill calls the charge absolutely false and said she would cooperate with the inquiry. But explicit personal photos of the congresswoman and a campaign staffer were leaked and published online. In response, Hill admitted to that relationship. However, that relationship would not violate congressional ethics rules. Every single vote will matter. A turn for a rising Democratic star. Hill was a first-time candidate last year, a millennial. Hi, it's Katie Hill. And outraised the Republican incumbent by millions, promising change. Well, they all promise change. Let's be fair. Flipped California's 25th congressional district, a Los Angeles suburb dotted by quaint streets and planned communities. Republican held since the early 90s. Hill was among the record-setting 127 women elected in the 2018 midterms, part of the response to the election of Donald Trump. (laughs) Man, Man, that Donald Trump is such a sexual deviant. That Donald Trump is such a pervert. We won. Great. Let's get high and fuck <laughs> on camera. <laughs> would we lose the, the seat to the Republicans again? I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying we would. Hopefully not. But it just doesn't help. Some Democrats in Hill's district say personal issues no longer matter in the Trump era. You know, as long as she's doing what we put her in office to do, that's all I care about. Ah! Isn't that funny? Isn't that just cute? Personal issues no ma- no longer matter. They don't matter anymore since Donald Trump. Ah, right. But aren't you the guys that talk about his personal stuff all the time like it really matters? And see, I've been on this show for the last couple of years saying exactly what that guy just said. People don't give a fuck anymore. If somebody says, uh, if you elect me, I want to do X, not necessarily that they'll do it, but they're saying that they want to do it, they can they can screw whoever they want. They can do whatever they want because people are fed up with this. This just goes to show you how far the politicians have failed everybody. It doesn't show necessarily that people are sick of, you know, uh, people are willing to overlook, you know, people's sexual proclivities and stuff like that. I don't think it shows that at all. For me, it represents that the politicians have done such a terrible job that people are now willing to move beyond the normal. They're willing to move beyond the personal issues. And they say, I don't even care 
This guy could have sex with watermelons for as far as I'm concerned. As long as he gets in there and does X, then I'm voting for him. I think that's why it doesn't work. But isn't it just so, it's so adorable to see now Democrats coming out and saying, well, I don't really take personal issues into consideration. As long as the person does what they say they're going to do, that's all I care about. That's all I'm voting for. <laughs> it's like, really? All it, all it took was one, one Democrat congresswoman. And now the whole rage campaign that you've been on for the last three years just phew, evaporates into thin air, just like that. Isn't that the darndest thing? I'd rather have someone <laughs> F something than rather F our country. <laughs> I'd rather have someone F someone than F our country. I feel that's what's going on now. Uh. But the problem for swing voters, Hill is a moderate who promised normalcy. She looks like this all-American girl, you know, and people like her. She has this appeal about her. Do you think this district flips back to the Republicans? I hope so, yeah. I, I think so. Not so fast, say Hill's volunteers. Not so may fast. Maybe disappointed, but not out. For myself personally, I think that I could get past that, yeah. yeah. Would you volunteer for her again? I think I would, yes, yes. You oh, just good. heard from the... Great. Again, so now now you can't say anything about people having extramarital affairs or having sex with other people or what they do in their private time. You can't say that everybody else needs to give a fuck when it's the person you hate, right? I mean, you just said it yourself. I can get past that. But I can't understand how Donald Trump voters can't get past all of the shit he's done. I don't understand how they can get past the affairs, how they can get past the womanizing. Katie Hill, oh, I can get past that. That's different. <clears throat> That's different. She's on my team, <clears throat> right? She's on my team. I can move past it. The guy on their team, I can't see past that. No, 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 no. The people on that team need to kick him out because of the things he did. The ones on my team, we need to vote for them again because the things they did don't matter. It's hard to keep up with this stuff. Uh, here's a little bit from Katie Hill behind the scenes. This, this was part of the special that she did for HBO, for Vice Media. This is before she got elected. This is on the campaign trail. Look, look at the positivity. Look at, oh, we're sharing moments and it's all about the struggle. Very few politicians get this kind of treatment. There have been times that I've wanted to quit. I've wanted to quit. Oh, and this just in the middle of a video thing, especially when I look at like, you know, my life, right? Like, you know, the things that we were able to do, the traveling, the, the hobbies, all of that stuff. And some days it gets to you. Dude, you stay. I know. Hi, 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 hi. When someone hi. said to me, someone in the Democratic Party. Oh, she loves it. Puppies party told me, you know, you're running a great campaign. Your your fundraising is really impressive. But I just don't think a woman can beat Steve Knight. I have honestly been really surprised by the sexism. It never felt like something that I was sexism. dealing with in any way, shape, or form. And um, <laughs> then suddenly in politics, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is, you definitely are dealing with this on so many different levels. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tough. <clears throat> I, I never thought there was sexism. I thought, I thought that I could have drug-fueled orgies <laughs> on the campaign trail and nobody, I didn't, I had no idea that the politicians and the political system would look down on this and see it as a way of hurting their chances, right? I had no idea. I had no idea that this kind of atmosphere was involved. But I, to be fair, I don't, like, 
I have I have a lot of sympathy with Katie Hill. Now, let me show you the reframing that's going on here. And I don't know if this is true or not, but remember, this is from Vice, and she is Vice's girl. Vice did a whole special on her. They followed her on the campaign trail. They were pumping up her tires from day one. So you have to take that into consideration. Katie Hill chokes back tears as she vows to go to war on revenge porn in new video. She's. This is now how you create a victim, right? We've created another victim. Not even a day after Rep. Katie Hill announced she would resign from Congress, the, Caf- uh, the California Democrat released a video vowing that she will take up a new fight against the thing that drove her out of it, revenge porn. But is the thing that drove her out of it revenge porn or is it the uh, ethics violation investigation? But we've got to reframe it into men are awful, men are sick, right? This is all about how the bad things that men do. Now, again, her husband might be a real piece of shit. I don't know. I can't speak to it either way. She's like, I would be mortified if, you know, a former partner of mine uh, published, you know, private photos, for example, because I, that's a re- I would never do that to anybody, even if it was like a really bitter breakup. Because to me, that's just a real dog act. That's a real cunt thing to do. So I would never do it. And people who do that kind of shit, I think that they're scum. Because you didn't hate, you obviously didn't hate the person when you were banging them, smoking bongs. You're obviously pretty happy to be in that person's company back then when those photos were taken. So don't let, you know, the new circumstance ruin the old one, right? That's the way I look at it. Even if you hate them now and you can't stand to look at them, blah, blah, blah. If you do that to somebody else, then that's awful. But is that what happened? That's the allegation that's being put out there. They're saying that he posted this on on a website for revenge porn purposes, but that hasn't been proven yet. And I just find it strange, like the day that she retires, right, the day that she steps away from the job, there's a new video out there and a new crusade, and the new crusade is against revenge porn. And the ethics violation just goes into the background, right? Like you might you might say I'm being too cynical, but fuck. Like how can you not how can you not be cynical in this year, in current year, when it comes to politicians or the things that they say? How can you not be cynical of these people? Hi, I'm Katie Hill. And last night I announced the most difficult decision of my life, that I would be resigning from Congress. I made this decision so that my supporters, my family, my staff, and our community will no longer be subjected to the pain inflicted by my abusive husband and the brutality of hateful political operatives. I'm stepping down so other people don't have to be subjected to my abusive husband and hateful political operatives. So she's not stepping down because there were pictures out. She's not stepping down because she was an elected official who was having group sex with her staff and smoking weed, right? That's not why she's stepping down. She's stepping down to not put people through the torture of her abusive husband and hateful political operatives, which again, the husband may be an absolute piece of shit. I don't know. But see how it's like, it's just a complete redirection. It's a complete deflection. 
It's like, no, I have to, I have to step down now because my husband is an asshole. What? Is that why? Really? Nothing on the ethics stuff. Nothing on the other stuff. You know what I mean? This coordinated campaign carried out by the right-wing media and Republican opponents, enabling and perpetuating my husband's abuse by providing him a platform wow. is disgusting and unforgivable. Wow. So the media the media is to blame. The 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 hateful media and the, the orchestrated campaign providing my abusive piece of shit husband a platform are shameful. They need to be ashamed of themselves. And they will be held accountable. But I will not allow myself to be a distraction from the constitutional crisis we're faced with and the critical work of my colleagues. Now, see, here's, this is why my cynicism kicks in, right? Kid a monster in the chat. Would F his wife. <laughs> would, 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 would smash. Here's why my cynicism kicks in. If the story was all about the abusive husband and the smear campaign and the revenge porn and all of that stuff, why would you be stepping down? Think about it. She would be a fucking hero. She would be a hero. She would be a, a Democrat woman hero. I'm standing up to my abusive husband. I'm not going to let this violation of my privacy stop me from doing the right thing. I'm going to crusade against uh, evil, abusive husbands. I'm going to crusade against the media who provided this man with a platform. I'm going to I'm going to stand up to the hateful political operatives. She would be a hero to the left. And perhaps rightfully so. Perhaps. But she's not. She's stepping down. She's resigning. She's quitting. She's walking away. Which makes me suspect that it's got something to do with the ethics investigation stuff. Because if what she's saying was correct, right? Then what people would be begging her to stay. Don't let your husband win. Don't let your abusive ex-partner get the better of you. Don't let these people shame you into ex uh, into exile, right? Do you see what I'm saying here? There's got to be more to this. And again, I'm not saying that the husband isn't a piece of shit. And so I have to take my personal fight outside the halls of Congress. Too many Americans are counting on Washington to fulfill our promises of quality health care, housing we can afford, and a government that works for the people. And I cannot let this horrible smear campaign get in the way of that work. See, it's not a smear campaign, though, because you did it. You did the things. To my supporters in our district and across... Smear is when it's made up. ...our great country, please know that we did something incredible. We proved that an imperfect woman, the 31-year-old daughter of a nurse and a police officer who never planned to run for office, has a place in the people's house. But they didn't know about the imperfect stuff back then, right? So that's disingenuous. They didn't know about the bong smoking and the groupie stuff. They didn't know about the group sex and the drugs when you were running your campaign. Unless, unless you put it on the flyers. Vote for me. I get fucking high, bro. Like, I don't know if that was on there. But we've now redirected the whole conversation. Like, Rahm Emanuel. 
I've said it before. I'll say it again. People underestimate the genius of a guy like Rahm Emanuel. You don't have to like him. You don't have to like his politics. You don't have to agree with him. I don't. Right? But the guy, when it comes to politics, isn't when it comes when it comes to positioning and framing and this kind of stuff, the man is an absolute genius. And like he said years ago, never let a good crisis go to waste. The Democrats have now turned this into something else. They've turned this into another fight where they can again attack misogyny. They can again attack hatred of women. They can again attack sexism. Katie Hill wasn't a Democratic congresswoman who was doing drugs and having inappropriate relationships with her subordinates. No, she was a victim of abusive male behavior. She was a victim of sexism and misogyny. That's why she had to go away. The the reframing effort has begun. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you ABC News. We're going to turn out of the fallout from the resignation of House Democrat Katie Hill. She is fighting for her reputation after resigning in the face of an ethics investigation. See, again, it's so quick and so subtle what these people do. They're very good at it. She's fighting for her reputation after she resigned. No, 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 no. The fact that she resigned means she's no longer fighting for her reputation, right? She's given up. She's walking away. She quit. It's okay to tell the truth. She quit. She walked away. If she was fighting, she'd still be there. You understand the difference, right? These people understand the difference. But now, because they need to make this into a new campaign, they need to make this into a new, you know, attack point, they have to, oh, she's fighting. She's a fighter. She's standing up against misogyny while she's packing up her desk and walking out the back door. Now they'll have the fight in her honour. They'll start saying shit, remember Katie Hill. Do it for Katie. Trust me. (laughs) Into her relationship with a staffer, sparking a debate now about double standards. ABC's Lindsay Davis has the story. Questions are swirling this morning in the wake of the resignation of first-term Congresswoman Katie Hill. The 32-year-old from California's 25th District was facing an ethics investigation into allegations she had a relationship with a member of her congressional staff. And again, like if she's if she's smoking weed, I mean, if she's smoking weed and, and having, you know, uh, little flings and little threesomes and stuff, she, she doesn't sound like a very uh, extraordinary 32-year-old as far as I'm concerned. So I'm not, I'm not having a go at what she did in her private life. I'm not having a go at what she did in her personal life. That's not, I really don't care about that stuff, genuinely. I don't care about what, who Donald Trump had sex with. I don't care about who Katie Hill had sex with. And if she wanted to have a little bit of weed in the, in the evening to wind down, she is in California. What the fuck, what do you expect? There was a thing that came out. Uh, there's like a comment. There was a comedy show in Italy. I uh, forget the name of it. And this was like ten years ago. And they managed to do drug tests of a heap of uh, Italian politicians by offering them free haircuts as they were going into Parliament. Right? That's like, oh, they said it was for charity. Oh, it's a it's a haircut thing for charity. Blah blah blah. So they. What they would uh, do the haircut on the politicians, and then they would get the hair sample and test them for drugs. And it was like 60% of them are on weed, 40% of them are doing cocaine or speed. Everybody was off their face, basically. 
they didn't publish the names of the politicians and the drugs they were using, but basically the whole the whole government was on drugs, right? And the people who did the stunt got thrown in jail for doing it. So ever since then, and even before then, I'm not surprised in the slightest. I mean, JFK was so full of uh, drugs, he could barely talk most of the time. He was a drooling mess. His his particular um, addiction was to prescription painkillers, right? They're all on something. So I don't jump up and down like, oh, my God, you're smoking weed. I'm like, yeah, so is, so is fucking 75% of the rest of the population that's her age. So what? <laughs> it doesn't worry me. Who cares? So I do have a lot of sympathy, but so again, what I'm focusing here is here on is the the media play, the media attack point, the angle, the spin, the redirection. It's like you're watching a magic show where you can see into the box when they're cutting the girl in half and you're like, oh wait, she's all scooched up. Those are fake legs. It's like pulling a rabbit out of a transparent hat. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And they have now out of this amazingly they are now trying to create the new victim narrative and the new thing to fight the, the gender war on. It is, it is unbelievable, but it's happening. An allegation she denies, though Hill does admit to a sexual relationship with a campaign staffer. I'm hurt. I'm angry. The path that I saw so clearly for myself is no longer there. Hill, who's in the midst of a nasty divorce. But see, I'm hurt. I'm angry. The path that I saw is no longer there. There's nothing about anything that she did. There's nothing. There's no regret. There's no uh, humility for anything that she might have done. Right? It's I'm the victim here. Abusive men, sexism. They were pushing sexism in the HBO special while she was on the campaign trail. Released a statement over the weekend denouncing her resignation, calling her husband abusive and accusing him of leaking naked pictures of her that were later posted online. On Monday, she pledged to... Thorbor says they comfort her and bash Trump. Wait for it. ...battle revenge porn in this video to her supporters. I will fight to ensure that no one else has to live through what I just experienced. Some people call this electronic assault, digital exploitation. Electronic assault. I was assaulted. That's why I have to resign. I have to resign in order to protect people from electronic assault, ladies and gentlemen. Others call it revenge porn. As the victim of it, I call it one of the worst things that we can do to our sisters and our daughters. Some are now called... See, all women are the victims now. I speak for all women. Calling her resignation a double standard. Overnight... A double standard? Okay. I'm looking forward to seeing the videotape of President Trump smoking a bong and his uh, tattoo next to his dick, which apparently looks like a mushroom, which uh, a former porn star wrote an entire fucking book about, mind you. 2020 presidential contender Kamala Harris told BuzzFeed... Kamala steps in. Kamala fills the breach. ...news that she, quote, respected Hill's decision to resign, but said, let's also speak the truth that men and women are not held to the same standards. Here here it comes. Hey? (laughs) It's like you can predict it with metronomic accuracy. Adding, I mean, look at who's in the White House. (laughs) He shoots, he scores. I mean, look who's in the White House. (laughs) 
Where, where's the where is the uh where's the photograph of uh Donald Trump clutching a bong whilst naked and having sex with his staff? Oh, they're not treated the same. Well, it's a little bit different, don't you think? Just a touch, just a tad. But now they're going to say, well, you see, um, Katie Hill is the victim of a vicious double standard in politics. She's the victim of misogyny. She might very well be the victim of an asshole husband, but the media is now using that shamelessly. And she's playing ball with that little statement video that she put out. And like I said, I, I suspect that if if it was as they're saying and she's, you know, been unfairly treated and harshly dealt a hand due to uh, sexism and an abusive husband and all of these awful things, then she wouldn't be stepping down. She would be the quintessential modern-day Democrat woman standing up to misogyny, standing up to the guy in the White House, proving, proving that women can do it too, right? Because if Donald Trump can do it, then bloody well, so can I, and I'm going to stay in this to the next election. I'm not going anywhere. But she didn't. She packed up her desk and she walked out. Which says to me, indicates to me that there's more to this story than just abusive husbands and sexism and double standards. And maybe there was something there in regards to the ethics probe. But that's all we got for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, like I said, please, if you want to get involved in the show tomorrow, just check my timeline, look for the tweet, post an article or a link, and jump in the Discord tomorrow if you want to get on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to follow our friends at RealPersonPLTCS, at ChrisMC44, who I think just went live, and at YCensored underscore... Uh, become a supporter of the show by heading over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player and of course if you would like to bimbo me then you can do so by following me on twitter at boogie bumper until tomorrow night ladies and gentlemen at 6 p.m stay calm stay rational god bless and we'll see you soon bye bye